Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to The Ray Taylor Show, where I bring you the reviews on the latest movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and on this podcast, I'll be talking about all things film and television. Whether you're looking for a new show to binge or want to know if that blockbuster is worth the trip to the theater or just want to hear my thoughts on a classic or foreign film, I've got you covered. So join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes, and let's dive into the world of film and television together. On this episode, I am talking about the final season of Better Call Saul. Season 6. This season came out last year. I have been waiting, avoiding all spoilers in order to watch it. Finally dropped on Netflix and wasn't even planning on on talking about it since it is the final season. I felt like I want to talk about this show, this amazing show that was written by Vince Gill Vince Gillian Vill- Gilligan and Peter Gould. Uh, the majority of the episodes also starring Bob Odenkirk, uh, Rhea Sehorn, uh, Jonathan Banks, uh, Giancarlo Esposito, uh, Michael Mondo, and Patrick Fabian. Such a great show. The trials and tribulations of a criminal lawyer, Jimmy McGill, in the years leading up to his fateful run-in with Walter White and Jesse Pinkman. The sixth and final season of Better Call Saul initially premiered in April 18th, 2022 and concluded in on August 15th, 2022. The season was split into two parts. First, the first consisting of the first seven episodes and the second consisting of the final six episodes, 13 episodes in total. The season mainly takes place in Albuquerque, New Mexico in 2004 before Jimmy McGill becomes uh, Saul Goodman and in 2010 after the events of Breaking Bad. Uh, The season shows Jimmy and Kim's plan to ruin Howard Hamlin's career and the drug cartel's reaction to the assassination attempt on Lalo Salamanca. The final episode shows Saul living in Oklahoma, Nebraska, at, under the alias Gene Takovic, hiding from the authorities after the demise of Walter White. Overall, I absolutely love this show. It's absolutely amazing that a spinoff from the show like Breaking Bad that was so good in and of itself breaking bad one of my favorite shows it is one of the few shows especially dramatic shows that i've watched through multiple times and to think that they can somehow manage to make a show as good if not better than the show it was spun off from is crazy better call saul an amazing show and i would say I mean, there are differences between the two. I would say that there are, oh man, they're, they're so good. I don't know if I could choose between them. And the thing I also love is that Better Call Saul in connection with not only Breaking Bad, but even the, the El Camino movie that was just kind of uh, the, the aftermath of what happened with Pinkman are all as a I think I consider all of those as a 
connected, self-contained unit of entertainment, right? I, and I, the way this show started showing so many different things and leading up to Breaking Bad, it's just amazing. It's so amazing. One of the best finales, I would say, of a show as well, but a show that I absolutely love. And I, like, I'm sure there's people that just never got into Better Call Saul because maybe they didn't get into Breaking Bad. But like, if, if anybody's looking for a good show involving... Like, uh, I mean, Better Call Saul, not as much just drug cartel stuff as much as Breaking Bad, but, like, people dealing with the edges of society uh, in a way, in a very compelling story about a lot of different aspects of the criminal underbelly and even how the government is in some cases implemented i mean similarly in some ways is similar to ozark so if somehow you've seen ozark and not these shows i would say these are both better than ozark but kind of a similar vibe in a lot of ways either way i love the show so glad to finish it and uh looking forward to going through and watching everything again watching everything again which, you know, it's you know something's good when by the time you're done, it makes you excited to rewatch not only the show, but the other things that are associated with it. This uh, the show, so many characters from the Breaking Bad show and showing the show, showing where they came from, like the origin stories. Obviously, the big one is Saul Goodman. But you're seeing so many other characters that were involved in Breaking Bad and seeing how like satisfying those stories were in their origin stories. Right. Sal Goodman, G Gustavo Fring. You have Mike. You have the Salamanca hitmen. You have Hector Salamanca. You have all these different characters and seeing where they were at before what led them to what is Breaking Bad. Right. Such major characters in Breaking Bad. And just so well realized in this show as well. Fleshing out each character that makes them, you know, makes their characters even better in Breaking Bad. Because you get so much of their backstory. right? And also seeing all of the connections and how so many people's lives were destroyed or ended in the wake of all of these events happening in these two, two shows. right? So many people trying to kind of forward their success but resulting in some of the worst outcomes for the people around them, including them, they themselves, right? The, the competition for power or even just the struggle to survive, right? The season combines a few different moments in the overall timeline that I enjoy as well. Like this show, this season jumps to a few different timelines, especially when it's wrapping up towards the end where you are, Kind of seeing how Saul Goodman got to the place where he is as Saul Goodman, as we knew him in Breaking Bad, but then jumping a f ahead in time, which are filmed in black and white, which I thought was great. Um, but then also getting some other moments that we didn't see throughout the story. So it does jump around in, in moments. So amazing. Uh, right. You have the pre Walter White era, right? Him. Saul Goodman, Jimmy McGill with Kim Wexler, 
dealing with Lalo and Hamlin. That is one aspect of this season. You have uh, the time of the Walter White era where you have full-on Saul Goodman with the kind of theme park-esque office. And then you also have the, the post-Walter White where it's all black and white, where Saul Goodman is the new, he has his new alias working at Cinnabon. Like we get some of that as well, which is all of that combined is amazing. We also get closer to characters that aren't even in Breaking Bad. So many of them, like Kim Wexler, like Lalo, like Nacho, like Hamlin, like all these characters so well fleshed out and like so curious because none of them are in Breaking Bad. The question of what happened to these people, especially Kim Wexler, was always so much up in the air and caused so much stress for me watching this. Like knowing how bad things can get for people. So those characters and all of the conclusions that of those characters took me by surprise. Like almost every single one of them was a conclusion that I did not expect to happen, which is kind of except for like maybe one. But so like so surprising these moments, like so many times watching this season, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what? Or just like, oh, thankful. Yes. Like either relief or shock in the conclusions of some of these characters that we know don't stick around. that aren't in Breaking Bad. And this final season really made me want to rewatch, as I said, this show, rewatch Breaking Bad, rewatch El Camino. I wish there was a playlist option on Netflix that would allow me to play this in and it would just pop in the episodes, especially like these, these where it blends Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad to, I don't know. To blend those in well, I don't know. They probably don't even need to. Just watch Better Call Saul, then watch Breaking Bad, and then watch El Camino, I think is probably the best course of events. But it makes me want to go in and watch those. But overall, I think this series is more balanced than Breaking Bad, right? Every character in this show was sympathetic on some level, right? And very complicated. Like on a level where I feel a lot of characters in Breaking Bad weren't. Right. Like especially like some characters like Skylar White from Breaking Bad and his son also kind of stand out as far as like either like there's no characters, I would say, that are in Better Call Saul that stand out in the way that those two characters do. Right. Even Saul feels like a more grounded character in Better Call Saul than he does in Breaking Bad, where he's more animated, although after seeing the events of of this show and seeing how Saul Goodman got to be the person he was in Breaking Bad, it does kind of make sense that he would act in a big way, knowing what he's lost and what he's gone through. Uh, it, it kind of makes sense, but in general, his character is way more grounded. Whereas like Skylar White, I remember just like the way the show portrays her and just like the love I think you have for the anti-hero in Walter White she is kind of like a, an unlikable character, sadly, even though she doesn't deserve to be, right? She is on the right side of 
history, as it were. And even their son, you know, it's an interesting character, but it's like both of those characters stood out in a way that I don't feel any characters did in Better Call Saul, which I think is a positive for the the characters that are in Better Call Saul that are so that aren't as like one sided necessarily as those characters were. But and the show, you know, it's just it's just great by the end of this series there was like no burning the evidence after cleanup right wait wait did i just pass everything where was i uh all the show by the end of the series there was no storyline or character that i felt was left open-ended that's where i was i don't know where i jumped to on this uh but yeah by the end of this it felt satisfying. And I think part of that is also because Breaking Bad is there. So there's more with some characters that are left open-ended. But I didn't feel like there was anything really open-ended, right? It felt like everything, there was a satisfying end to this this season, right? Also a show, which same thing with Breaking Bad, amazing shots. The camera is mounted to so many different things, right, to provide movement to the camera. This thing, if if a thing moves, the camera will be mounted to it, whether it's cars, garage doors, car doors, mail carts. Like there's even a shot where a camera is clearly mounted to a car that is involved in a car accident. And where the car lands after being hit in this accident frames this shot of the other car driving away perfectly. It is amazing some of the shots that they have in this in this show and you know like i said if an object is moving they got a camera strapped to it so many great shots so many great angles to get so much in the frame of this story like super dramatic angles that you wouldn't necessarily see but allow shots to be framed in a way where so much can be communicated within the frame so you don't have a lot of cuts going on amazing you know, you have a shot from inside of a barrel fire while Mike is burning evidence, right, after cleaning up the whole Hamilton and Jimmy and Kim thing. Amazing shot. Uh, you have episode 10 through 13. There, There's the intro, the, the show intro for Better Call Saul is like this blue VHS screen of this, like, tape that's, like, wearing away and malfunctioning. Like, like wearing thin, almost like the story that we are finishing in this series. I, I love that as well. Including the black and white that represents the kind of post-Walter White era, right? Let's take a quick break from this episode because I want to talk about, are you looking for the perfect gift for that art lover in your life? Look no further than InspireDisorder.com. Our gift cards can be used to purchase original artwork from the many faces, a collection of over 2,000 original abstract ink portraits. These one-of-a-kind pieces make for a truly unique and meaningful gift. But that's not all. Our gift cards can also be used to purchase high-quality prints and t-shirts featuring these amazing paintings. Plus, if the recipient is a fan of The Ray Taylor Show, they can use the gift card to purchase merchandise from the show as well. So why wait? Head on over to InspireDisorder.com and purchase a gift card today. Your loved one will be sure to appreciate the thought and creativity behind such a unique gift. 
Thank you for considering InspiredDisorder.com for all of your gift needs. And now, back to the show. Even though this show jumps around in time, you never question. It's never confusing. Aside from, like, even Jimmy McGill looking completely different in every stage. Like, the fact that the the look of the the show changes so dramatically also represents that, which I, I love that. Um. And also you have Jimmy's mustache, like in the black and white era, clear, like really shows what time and place we are in the final season as it jumps around. Right. And also the very last scene of the show has a great noir vibe to it. How this show, the very last scene of it. Amazing. Just so good. But I do want to get into spoilers. There are a lot of specific moments characters all of that stuff that i want to talk about so obviously the show's great it i love how it wraps up before i get into spoilers i love how it wraps up like the sh- this show starts off with jimmy as somebody who's trying to live up to his brother in some way who is a successful lawyer and there's this court case that kind of sets things off for jimmy and i love how this show at the end closes up all of those loose ends right it it it, it's able to do all those things in a great way where we're seeing this guy who's this lawyer and seeing how you know he himself breaks down and also this show in similar ways to breaking bad which uh, breaking bad there's major themes about addiction especially pinkman's character uh, but also even walter white's addiction to power you are seeing this show as an addiction Kim Wexler and and Jimmy McGill are addicts and they are addicts who are in a relationship where they, you know, they encourage each other. They, you know, they uh, they allow each other to, you know, get deeper into their addiction, which I enjoyed that as well. The the idea in such a unique way in such like, you know, instead of being addicted to drugs or power it's addicted to manipulation you know through these different cons that they're doing but i do want to get into spoilers so let's let's get into spoilers um you know we i love that we find out what happened after walter white right he dies uh his wife took a deal with she's with her son and jesse is some somewhere in mexico like we get the brief thing with with Saul's ex uh, receptionist uh, when he gives her money right which that's nice when we get that kind of closure to some things that I think people had questions about in regards to Breaking Bad you get the origins of so many cool things right you get the origins of Saul Goodman's law office in the strip mall that Walter White goes to right the the theme park-esque law office that that Jimmy that Saul Goodman has right seeing how his businesses blow up you know all the people who work for for gustavo or just all the criminals who get the word of mouth that that saul goodman is gustavo's lawyer and seeing how he why he took off uh seeing also how you know all the decorations were done by his receptionist as a way to encourage her uh to work for him and also seeing the inflatable 
Statue of Liberty, seeing where that came from. Like, we get a lot of fun, like, origin stories for, for just his office. Uh, we also get the origin story throughout the series with Fring's meth lab, the lab that later on uh, Walter White and Jesse Pinkman cook at underneath the laundromat. Right. We find out how what it took to get it made. Also, the fact that that Gus Fring has all of these secret underground places under his house, the house across the street, the, the pathway to that. Like it's a guy who has a lot of secret passageways, which I thought was an interesting thing. We also get the origin story for the animal veterinarian, who, his black book. There's the scene in this in this season where um, where Kim and and Saul look through it. Right. And they glance at the vacuum salesman thing that gives you the, the alternate identity, which I thought that was setting up something else. I thought that was setting up uh, what happened with Kim, obviously. It's not what happened with her, but I, I do love that little moment where it's like, oh, that's where that's probably Saul got all that stuff from the veterinarian. Right. And like I said, this, the inflatable thing, the characters, Mike, one of my favorite characters, right, seeing how he becomes Gus's go to guy to get things done in this season, him trying to do what's right for Nacho and his dad, also trying to protect Kim and Jimmy from Lalo. Despite like this is a guy who's constantly trying to do the right thing, trying to do good. And because he's like one man trying to do these things, it's so tragic how Mike like is is fails at being able to do these things to protect people. Right. Also seeing him succeed at protecting Gus, for, you know, for the most part, you know, becoming his his like security head of security. Also from Gus going rogue right to his the ultimate showdown with Lalo right during the many t jumps in time like the running question about time travel that's interesting right and how he regrets like he wish you know ch ch things he would have changed in the past but then also Mike the moment where he says that he wishes he could go like 10 years in the future to check on people to check on Jimmy to see how they're doing but then knowing the reality of what happens to Mike in Breaking Bad, right? Also kind of this, he's like this tragic character in a lot of ways, right? He never lives to see every, how everything shakes out at the end, you know, and see, doesn't see what happens to Walter, doesn't see what, you know, Jimmy and all that stuff. But a great character, always trying to do good, right? But he's always in an environment where nothing good happens, just uh, one of my favorite characters in both shows is is Mike. Also, Nacho Ver Varga, somebody that I thought was in Breaking Bad until the scene where he's no longer alive. And that is one of those moments where you see the conclusion of these characters that aren't in Breaking Bad. And you're like, oh, no, like it took me so off guard when you see what happens to Nacho when he. He's in such a tough spot in so much of this show, especially this last season, right? Some reason I thought he was in Breaking Bad, so when he died, I was like, what? I, like, literally had to go check IMDb to make sure, like, how does he come back? I was like, how does he? I, I could have sworn he was in Breaking Bad. Amazing character. I was rooting for him, rooting for his dad, right? Especially in this last season where he's constantly in a rough spot. You have episode two carrot and stick 
such an intense episode with Nacho running from the Salamanca hitmen, right? Amazing shots. That is the shot where it's like mounted to the car and they hits it and it like frames his getaway perfectly. An amazing shot, right? Him hiding in the oil tanker, just like the dude barely survived. And for him to go out the way he did almost felt like a relief. Like now he can stop hiding and running and worrying because his reality was never going to be good. Right? It took me completely off guard, but him doing that completely made sense because he would have forever been used by these people, right? Always fearing for his life, always fearing for the father's life, right? And he called it quits on his own terms, right? He's like, I can't do this. I'm not going to live this reality anymore. So his character was great. Howard Hamlin, right? Somebody that I didn't even think about, like not that he's not in Breaking Bad, but such a great character. And this last season when Kim and Saul are pulling this con on Howard to make people think that he's addicted to cocaine in order for them to force the settlement so that they can get their money from the, se from the, the settlement that started this whole show. Like, the complex con, right, they put on him, right, is just amazing. Episode 7, plan and, and execution, right, the con on Hamilton on Hamlin, right? It all comes together, right? It's a con that really shows how Kim and Jimmy are meant to be each other, but also so toxic for each other, right? Because even when in that episode, even when it seems like Howard is on to them, it's all still part of the, the plan, right? It's so good, so well written. Also great use of the characters we've come to know, right? Like the veterinarian, Getting helping them get the stuff, the film kids helping them make the fake, uh, you know, detective photos, and the way he gets killed, right? Just as shocking as Nacho dying, right? Like when Lalo shows up after Hamlin goes to kind of celebrate their con coming to a conclusion, right? Kind of like congratulating them for ruining his life or whatever. And then when Lalo shows up, it's like, oh, no. And to see just how unceremoniously Hamlin was put down is just like it like just the same as seeing what happened with with Nacho is just like, oh, my God. You know, I had no idea they would kill like, you know, I didn't think I had no idea that that would be hap that would what I always thought he would kill himself. I thought like them ruining his life which was what they made it look like that's what i thought he would do right that's what i was worried about like oh he might kill himself right if they really ruin his life and seeing how that event clearly traumatized both of them that was like a massive wake-up call for both kim and jimmy right and just how they made it look like him to just like swam out into the ocean and kill himself right He's just another example of the collateral damage uh, from these people.
Let's take a quick break from this episode to talk about, are you a fan of art, movies, and all things entertainment? Then you need to check out youtube.com slash inspireddisorder. Our page is jam-packed with all kinds of great content, including making of videos of the many faces and ongoing art series of abstract ink paintings. But that's not all. We also feature daily episodes from The Ray Taylor Show, a podcast that brings you movie reviews, TV show reviews, episode recaps, opinion on news and entertainment and much more there's also a weekly diary and top five movie rankings of a variety of categories and if that wasn't enough we've also got how-to videos covering all kinds of topics so why wait head on over to youtube.com slash inspired disorder and start exploring the amazing content we have to offer and now back to the show lalo salamanca Right from surviving the the setup right at the be- the end of last season, somehow surviving the setup from Nacho and Frang, right in his home in Mexico, right, which was amazing how that ended and seeing that he was still alive. It's like oh my goodness. Then seeing how he went to Germany to kind of track down the people who Gus Gus hired to make his meth lab, right. This dude does the work. Right. This dude puts in the work, even when he's like in the the sewer systems, like staking out the laundromat, seeing how they how Gus and his security people run that place. It's 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 so good. Right. Super smart guy. And he was like kind of had this like evil charm, this like very horrific in moments where he like seemingly very easygoing guy, even in moments where he's killing people. Right. And totally forgot that Saul, when Saul first meets Walter White in the desert, where Walter takes the takes him to the desert and puts him in front of that open berry, the open grave, and takes the hood off of him, and Saul thinks that it's Lalo because Saul never, you know, wouldn't be the first time that he thought Lalo was dead and that had come back. Right. So the fact that he was so scared in that moment, thinking that Walter White like had no idea that there was that connection from Breaking Bad. But amazing. And it's so interesting to see to know who that character was and why Saul was so afraid of him, especially knowing how many times he was presumed dead and wasn't right. And his final showdown with Gustavo, I thought was great great way to go out in a lot of ways and then him ending up being buried with hamlin underneath gustavo's meth lab that's underneath the laundromat is kind of like you know super interesting right gustavo fring right having the decoy house the second house full of security and monitors watching the decoy house and the passageway underneath right so many trap doors and secret passageways including the meth lab under the the laundromat also using nacho to try like using nacho as a pawn to try and attack rivals getting his hands dirty at the very end when he you know his final showdown with lalo you know and him almost screwing up like him going to the laundromat on his own where that showdown with him and lalo takes place how easily that could have gone the wrong way for gus right kim wexler this was the character, you know, knowing that she isn't anywhere in Breaking Bad, never is mentioned as far as I know. 
right? I had so much stress over what happens to her. I just had assumed, right, either she died was mostly what I thought. And then when they mention the black book and they, they look at the, the vacuum cleaner card guy thinking, okay, maybe she just changed her identity and that's where she went. Like to protect her, she changed her identity or whatever, right? So I, I had assumed those two things because it's such a great character. And also kind of getting her little backstory, seeing her as a kid, like kind of her mom and her shoplifting, knowing kind of where she came from and why she kind of gets into that stuff. She had that connection with with uh, with Saul. She's just like so much braver, too, than than Saul, like so many moments of her standing up to Lalo. Or the other guys, like when Mike gets the tail on her and she just goes up to the guy she thinks are like cops or whatever like she's like she has like balls of steel like an amazing character and just seeing how stoked she is when she's conning people with jimmy right also having like the realization to get out she's smart right she kind of like realized that her relationship with jimmy is toxic and not good and understanding that she needs to get out and understanding that her and Jimmy, bad influences on each other. Always seeming, but also like always seeming to push Jimmy into the scams. Like even before they started doing the Hamlin con, it was like their pillow talk. Her with Saul and like, oh, I think we could do this. Like almost just hypothetical stuff. But because Saul likes to make things happen, he kind of runs with these things. She like sets it up and Jimmy just runs with it right um and it was the thing that connected them right their love of manipulation the one of the reasons why they loved being lawyers is because they were able to manipulate situations to get what they want and they when they start extending that past the law is when obviously they run into trouble right episode eight point and shoot such an intense episode right just after hamlin shot and thankfully, Mike was there to save her and also save Jim Jimmy. But when she is sent to go kill Gus, like I thought, I thought, OK, either this is where she dies or this is where she goes into hiding with that vacuum thing. Right. But d didn't happen. Didn't happen. Right. At least I thought it was setting up for that kind of a relief to see that she just broke up with Jimmy and moved away, quit law, right? Kind of started a new life on her own. And then knowing that even after the events of this movie, that her future can still be haunted by the fact that she confesses to Hamlin's, you know, widow about what her participation was, right? And it seems like Howard's wife could sue her and, you know, but at least she's gotten it off of her chest, right? And at least she didn't die, right? She's not in prison. She didn't die. She's also not hiding under some new identity. Even though she did, like, change her look and everything. New life in Florida, working, selling sprinklers, right? Still working in law as, like, a volunteer because she just can't get away from it, right? But living this boring suburban housewife life, right? And knowing kind of the timeline of how the black and white version of these events is six years after she left Jimmy. 
and by the end you get a sense of kind of how fast all of the events of both shows kind of happened in both Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. And of course, Jimmy, a.k.a. Saul, seeing his evolution of the course of the series, starting off as just like a loser doing cons, slipping Jimmy, following his brother's footsteps into becoming a lawyer, never giving up on his brother's, like never living up to his brother's standards, you know, right? But still doing cons, meeting Kim who like enables him and participates in the cons, really finding a soulmate when it comes to that kind of lifestyle. And in many ways, like I said earlier, this is a story about addiction. Kim and Jimmy are addicts to being cons, right? They are addicts who enable each other. Their addictions destroy their lives. Their addiction destroys the lives around them. And even in the black and white future, Jimmy is still an addict. Like the reason he gets caught is because he's addicted, right? From doing cons with the two dudes stealing the from the department store right then stealing identities to the point where jimmy breaks protocol and goes on to finish the job on his own where it all finally falls apart for him and he gets arrested like literally hiding in a dumpster right rock bottom right his addiction ultimately led him to his own end as all most of addictions do right although when he's arrested we get to see, like, one more magical moment with Jimmy, right? When he gets arrested, we get to see how truly magical this man was, right? It was like his last all-star performance negotiating his sentencing of life in prison plus 180 years down to seven years at a cushy prison with ice cream delivered weekly, right? But it wasn't until the very end he finds out Kim confessed, right, the truth about Howard. And we see kind of his last grand gesture to this woman that he loved, right? He gave up his deal and future to tell the truth and make like and to take responsibility for his actions, right? In many ways, still following her lead right she confessed so now he's going to follow the lead and confess as well it's so great you know a a great difficult love story plus addiction right the changing the chanting the last episode when he's in the the bus the prison going to prison and the chanting of better call saul in the bus to prison while stopping was amazing so good like i was like like goosebumps Right. And then finding out that he had a seven year deal. And because he decided to tell the truth, he is now in prison for 86 years. But with good behavior. Right. The final line. But with good behavior. And then they laugh like, okay, And you see how he's like a god in prison. Like he they love him in prison because I'm sure he's able to like his 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 superpowers are put to good use in prison. Not only does he know the law, but he knows how to manipulate situations. He's so good at negotiating. Like this guy has actual ability, but it's just, and ultimately used for bad instead of good. Amazing. And the end so much where it's Kim and Saul smoking cigarettes or Jimmy smoking 
sharing that cigarette in the the uh, whatever that room is. Very noir vibe to the very end of it, right? Where they're sharing the cigarette. Kind of a beautiful end to this show, right? But good, you know, but good with but with good behavior. Maybe it's it'll be less. Who knows? I, th- I love it. It's such a great end to the show. Um, so many ways this show is a tragic love story about addicts. Right, both Jimmy and Kim addicted to cons, and we see how talented both of them were as not only lawyers but as con men, and how much they bonded over their cons. Right, entire show wrapped up so well. Right, the people who die went out with such like, like such a way that just completely shocked me, and the people that survived had all like changed, like everybody massively changed over the course due to the events in this show. Right. No one was ever the same again. Much more complicated anti-hero compared to Walter White, I would say. A great ride nonetheless. The cons are ultimately more fun than the drug cartel side of the story. And I love that there was that last con, you know, where Jimmy just couldn't give up the con. I kind of liked that last run he went on. Also seeing how Gus got to where he is. Uh, and where he goes in Breaking Bad, also seeing how Mike tried to do the right things, right? Trying so hard to protect so many people, but ultimately couldn't even protect them, protect himself, right? Only for so long he was able to do that. You have Jimmy McGill, a.k.a. Saul Goodman, a.k.a. Gene Tekovic, a.k.a. Slippin' Jimmy. No matter what name you use, he will always be a legend, Like, what an amazing story created by Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould from the original Breaking Bad to so much, to such an unexpected prequel series, right? A whole, like, as a whole, a great piece of work, masterfully crafted. Absolutely love it. And I want to thank you all for tuning in to this episode of The Ray Taylor Show. I hope you enjoyed my thoughts on the final season of Better Call Saul, season six. Don't forget to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for more movie and TV show reviews. And join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on YouTube.com slash Inspired Disorder. Until next time, enjoy the show. New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.